Hey, this is Rick. Welcome to Warriors Respite. I'm a social worker and therapist and combat veteran. Today, I'm going to talk about the curious case of Natalie Grace and also uh, Natalie Speaks. And I basically watched that on Max the last couple days. I'm basically, if you've listened to my podcast before, which chances are you probably haven't, except unless you're my, not even my wife, my wife anymore. So hopefully it's your first time listening and I'm getting more listeners and please uh, share your opinion on this stuff. Uh, so if you haven't watched uh, the docuseries or looked into this, uh, there are spoilers ahead. I do suggest watching this. Uh, it is a very interesting case, and it is a must-watch. Uh, it is jaw-dropping at every turn. Of course, it is American uh, TV, so it is, you know, cinemized. And uh, so they they do uh, try to make it uh, more entertaining, but the story is freaking crazy uh but i heard about the story a couple years ago and basically the story i heard a couple years ago which i read about was family adopt adopted a child the child looked well it looked like a child but really it was an adult and they found out it was adult because they gave the adult or they gave the child a bath and they found pubic hair on the child and as time went on the child was a danger to the family threatened to kill the children uh try to have sexual relations with the husband and this is straight out of orphan and quite honestly uh when this happened it happened back in 2010 when it actually happened was back in 2010 and orphan came out in like 2009. So literally, uh, they stole it out of orphan because spoiler alert, when you find out everything, it's all a crock of shit. Okay. They stole everything. They, they completely, uh, it's a screwed up case. It's a screwed up family. This poor girl. Okay. But who I'm really mad at, who I'm super mad at. Now, if you don't know by now, I am completely judgmental of the government, politicians, the court system. And the court system failed this young lady. The court system... Uh, we'll talk about... We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about this. So, basically, they adopt this girl. Um, if you look at the first part, first so many episodes, they basically look at it from the viewpoint of what the Barnetts, which is the family that adopted the girl, um, Natalia, basically from Michael Barnett, who is the, the father, they look at it from his point of view. And basically it's, it's all good. It's all fun and games. Uh, they, uh, were trying to adopt. They couldn't, it didn't go very well. Then they got an email. They went down to Florida. Uh, they weren't able to meet who they were adopting from. They were in the wrong part of town. Um, somebody dropped off some girl. They weren't able to meet them. 
the girl came in the room and said, Mommy, Daddy. And then they, uh, it was one of the happiest days of their life, they went to Disney World. You find out later that they've actually been emailing back and forth with that family who had Natalia, and that family was actually just trying to get rid of Natalia because they were abusive and neglectful and mean and couldn't handle a little girl with a disability. And uh, they were actually going to dwarfism connect, uh, conventions and trying to pretty much sell her under the table and stuff like that. This poor girl went through a lot. Uh, she actually went through like three families. On top of that, they actually seen that family at Disney World. And when Natalia said, hey, look, it's mom and dad, Christine uh, looked in on to Natalia and said, I'm your mommy now. And then uh, things were good. And then a couple months later, things went bad. She became jealous. She started putting fecal matter on the uh, youngest in the car seat uh, and peeing on them and uh, stealing their toys and trying to drop it in traffic and um, hoarding knives. Um, start, tried, you know, sexually uh, making sexual comments towards the dad. Um, tr uh, just saying awful things about her tried to, uh, told the neighbors this, and then the neighbors got distant, and, um, basically, um, uh, the night they went to Disney World, um, as I said, they, uh, which is the first, the first night they had her, they gave her a bath, the mom gave her a bath, and, uh, so Michael Bennett, who's dad, he's, I don't know, he's got a flavor for flair, uh, the dude's the most annoying guy, and I want to take a bat. You know what I mean? I really do not like this guy. But, as I said, she's given a bath. She looks down, sees pubic hair, calls Michael in the room. Christine's the mom. Brings Michael in the room, looks down. Oh, my God! Uh, says that she has her period early. Um, says that she's pulling out her teeth. Uh, and, uh... Yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, come to find out, it's all bullshit, but um, they were able to get her aged up. They go to a judge, and um, I, I, I feel like they are, like, manipulative. The family's manipulative, okay? Well, the family's cuckoo, okay? So, first of all, they... They, they present them in the beginning like they're just this... Because they got a lot of money. They're driving around and nice cars and stuff like that. Westfield, Indiana. Um, that, you know, nice house, nice neighborhood. And um, I feel like what happened was... Well, part of what happened was they have a son. He's a genius. Christine, who's very much... Well, she doesn't get a chance to speak in this. It's everybody against her. So Michael's speaking, who's dead, and they're divorced now. Um, and Natalia gets to speak against her. The son, uh, Robert, I think his name, I can't forget his name. But everybody gets to speak against her. She doesn't speak in this. So she stays out of this. But from what I gather, she feels like she has the prowess to parent um, this... Uh, genius and she's gonna turn 
Natalia into a genius, but she can't do it. Um, so she starts pepper spraying her and punishing her, but she starts acting like she, the, from the sound of things, she wants them to tell her, she wants Natalia to tell her who she really is. And when she pulls out her teeth, which basically her baby teeth are coming in, she pepper sprays Natalia because she says she's pulling out her teeth, which is disgusting. Uh, she makes Natalia do uh, calculus because an adult should be able to do calculus. I wouldn't be able to do calculus. I don't know if it's calculus or complicated math, and she pepper sprays her. Um, she makes her... According to Michael, she makes her stand up against the wall for hours and defecate herself and pee herself and stuff like that all day, all night, until she tells her who she is. And this is a six, seven, eight-year-old girl. Um, so they kind of bully, it sounds like they kind of bully this doctor and uh, maybe she needs to age up. But I don't think the doctor, from the sound of things, the doctor didn't want to age her up to 22. The uh, social worker which was uh, Susan Witten. This this kind of pisses me off here. So I looked up Susan Witten in Indiana, because I'm an Indiana social worker. Susan Witten, I found Susan Witten in the Indianapolis Fisher area, and all her profiles were taken down, because she was named in this documentary. So Susan Witten, pretty sure she's in hiding. She apparently diagnosed her with schizophrenia. And so I guess that was used in the evidence to age her up. Now, social workers are going to make mistakes. Personally, as a social worker, I specialize in trauma. I'm going to diagnose depression, anxiety, addic uh, addiction, uh, trauma. Something like bipolar, something like schizophrenia, uh, schizoaffective disorder, like something psychotic. I'm going to refer to a psychiatrist, something that requires, requires medicated, medication-assisted treatment. I'm going to, has psychosis involved, I am going to refer to a psychiatrist for diagnosis, especially because something like schizophrenia, that requires monitoring. I am not, as a social worker, an outpatient, I am not, me personally, I don't feel comfortable diagnosing someone with schizophrenia. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm damn sure not going to listen to the parents. And I've had parents try bullying me into doing this or that with a, with a patient. That is not to say I do not take what the parents say into consideration, but the parents don't always know what's going on with the kid because the kid doesn't want to talk to the parent. And sometimes the parent is ignorant about what's going on, ignorant about what's going on with themselves all the time. So a lot of times you can't take what the parent says as complete fact. Uh, but sometimes you can. I'm going to listen to what I hear from the kid. Um, and parents will get frustrated with me on that. And I will call DCS if I see uh, problems. And I have called DCS. Whether or not the case is substantiated, I don't know. <laughs> but I will call DCS if I see a problem. 
But the judge, this is where I get into, like, I don't trust politicians, I don't judge the court system. But the judge doesn't look at the dental records, doesn't really look at a lot of evidence. First of all, and, and I guess there's a spinal surgeon, too. And a spinal surgeon's like, no, the, the, the spine shows, I don't know the medical analysis, but you find out later on, it's like the spine shows it's a child. The doc, the dentist is like, no, you can see the baby teeth. This is like a seven to nine year old child. The doctor, the judge doesn't look at any. And the detective in Lafayette, Tippecano County, actually points out that the judge doesn't even have a hearing for the age up, which apparently is supposed to be a big deal because uh, age up should not be that easy. So the judge decided, oh, she hasn't grown in so many years, so... You don't grow when you're 18, so she must be, it's been four years, so she must be 22. How could the judge even know that? So whoever this judge is needs to lose, be debarred, like literally. And the state of Indiana, it should not take, it should not take much for the state of Indiana to right their wrong here. The state of Indiana owes this girl, like owes this little girl. She's like 23 right now, or 20 right now. She was born in 20, 2003. They owe this little girl an apology, some money. Like, where's the state of Indiana and the public apology here? Uh, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um. So, anyways, what happened was they wanted this adoption, and they found out that this little girl was going to cost money and surgeries. Not even the money. I think they had the money. I think it was the time. They didn't want to spend the time healing and paying attention to her. They didn't want the commitment that it took to deal with this girl with the spondylobloblas dysplasia. They didn't want to deal with that commitment. So they basically just got her aged up somehow and then they put her in these apartments and then at these apartments mind you like a seven eight year old girl just left her there didn't even tell her what was going on just left her in these apartments oh my god it just makes me sick just thinking about it just thinking about my daughter at eight years old, just leaving her. And basically, the people at these apartments were cool with her at first, but she didn't understand boundaries. And she had no roommates, nobody to talk to. She was hungry. Didn't, I mean, no one teaches her how to do anything. No one teaches her how to cook. And, like, she'd, like, wait for people to get home and then just be at their doorstep right away. And these people would get annoyed with her, and she'd be the talk of the town. And they have these stories about her that she'd get sexually, uh, try to get sexually involved with their children and stuff like that. Listen, dude, they're making this crap up. No way an eight-year-old was trying to get sexually involved with your child, with your husband, 
but even when they found out that she was eight, they're still like, no, she was proven she was 22. There was an old lady there. No, she was proven she was 22. She could not, could not fathom the idea that she was like eight years old then. She would not even entertain the idea that she was eight years old. Because they, they were like, oh, she, she doesn't bathe for a couple days. She was eight. Of course she doesn't bathe for a couple days. That's what happens. Did she have soap? She didn't change her clothes for a couple days? Of course. Child, child alone. They're not going to change. They're not going to change their clothes. They're not going to bathe. They don't even know how to feed themselves, though. And nobody, because I'm pretty sure, assumed she was in her 20s. I don't know how you look at this little girl and say she was in her 20s. I, I don't even know. I'm looking at her this whole time. I'm looking at these pictures and stuff. I'm like, this is a traumatized girl. The look on her face. I'm like, this is a sad, pathetic, traumatized girl. She basically was abandoned. And then she went to this orphanage and come to find out. I called it too. Before they, before, before it came out, I called it that she was sexually molested. Well, I thought she was a sex slave. But come to find out, there was some, probably some kind of sexual molestation. I, I bet at that orphanage, she was sold for sex. Um, which is very sad. She had, she was banded by like three families and uh, all treat her like crap. Then she goes to his apartment and everybody treats her like crap and lies about her. And one guy, uh, apparently some dude, some dirty guy was watching porn. And she's eight years old and brought her into, the, into his apartment and had her sit and watch it with him. And then they all made up these stories about her that she went in there and did it with him. And she's like, he could have molested me, and nobody would have stopped it. So Michael Bennett and Christine Bennett <laughs> let this happen. And they're acquitted. And the judge, the Marion County judge, allowed this to happen. Like, anybody who <sighs> allow this crap to happen, allow it to happen. Like... It just it just boggles my mind. Anyways, I'm getting too emotional. When it comes to child abuse, child neglect cases, I get emotional. I'm watching this. I went to my wife. I'm like, we need to adopt a child. My wife's like, no, you know. Um, so the people in the apartment band together and want her out. So they they take her out, uh, or they evict her. They don't renew her lease. And the people rejoice. Um, I think the people in that apartment building are trash. Uh, maybe they didn't know, but they all made a bunch of stuff up about this little girl. Even if it's even if they don't think it's a little girl, it's this little handy, this little disabled girl, and you got her kicked out. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you're terrible. You're terrible people. You're terrible people. I have no empathy for you people. I can't even believe you let your face on TV and let yourself known as a terrible person. Like, you're like, hey, look at me. Here's my face. Look at kind of terrible person I am. I'm sorry. You're just a terrible person. And while this is happening, 
um, the uh, DCS social worker, thank God for her, I should get her name. The DCS social worker was great because she has maintained skepticism, but she can only do so much. Uh, because it, she's legally an adult now, thanks to the incompetence of the judge, which I kept trying to look up the name of the judge, but I can't find it. Who needs to be debarred? Because um, the that Marion County court system is trash. So is the doctor, and so is the social worker. Uh, Witten, don't know the doctor's name. That also helped her get aged up. All complicit in the child neglect and abuse case. But Michael kept coming in and grilling her about talking to DCS. They only came in to take care of her and feed her and help her bathe and get her cleaned up. Her and, Chris, and him and Christine, when DCS got involved or when adult services got involved, they never helped her at all until that happened. Up off groceries and just leave it outside. This little girl that can barely walk where she goes because of her leg problems. Because of this, they want to take her to a place where she's not known. So they take her to uh, Lafayette, Indiana, Tippetoe County or whatever. Um, and they say it's a rich part of town in the documentary but um christine says it's white trash apparently it's a bad part of town um and they put her in a second or they put her in a apartment which is up a flight of stairs and just drop her off there she could barely get up and down the stairs and she's there for a while and it's just this little girl in this bad part of town and literally thank god so this is where she was taken in by a family a religious family i guess they had like 11 children signed her social security over they uh, signed her sub. They subleased her apartment, which she got evicted because of that. Because that's not allowed. They lived with her for the past ten years or something like that, or she lived with them for the past ten years, something like that. Um, but they finally just adopted her, took guardianship of her because she needs a guardian because of her disabilities. But they were doing an interview right outside the apartment, and there's gunshots going off. Uh, whether or not it's for show or not, I don't know. I just hate. Michael. He's a narcissistic manipulator. He's crying that Christine was manipulating him. I'm sorry. I hate to say this because, yes, a man should feel their emotions. And what does be a man mean? But you gotta, you gotta be a man. Like, if you see something wrong, you gotta stop. Like, Listen, I do what my wife says. She says, take out the garbage, take out the garbage. But, like, if something's wrong, if you're abusing a little girl, you don't go, ah, I'm so scared. And he kept crying about himself. Never did he cry for her. He just cried and self-pitied himself. 
he didn't cry about what he did for her. He was a piece of trash. He is a piece of trash. Listen, listen, I understand I'm a social worker. I have no sympathy for people. I have empathy for people. Empathy, empathy, empathy. But like, I have no sympathy for people that treat other people that treat little kids like garbage. There's a reason I do not work in child services. There is a reason I do not work in child services. Um, I was, I texted, when I was watching this, I texted my lawyer cousin who works in, uh, I believe she works in taxes or she's a lawyer. She's an attorney. And I was talking about Christine's attorney. I believe he's the uh, black guy, the bald black guy. And uh, he kept getting mad because witnesses that they needed to uh, refer to her as an adult, a 22-year-old adult. And they said, or how old, how old, however old she is at that time. And they said, no, she was a young child. And you just don't want to know the truth. You insulting me that I don't want to talk about the truth? Listen, dude, you ethically ethically you're lying you're lying i don't understand how you can be an attorney and i don't understand how you can ethically allow somebody to get off scot-free and help somebody get off scot-free and she said well aren't you a social worker and you work with rapists and and uh and and you know people like that and I said and I worked with pedophiles I worked with rapists I worked with a lot of people and you know what in my sessions my job is to help them be better and I am objective my job is not to help them get in or out of prison my job is to report how they are doing in treatment that is it. If they are not doing good in treatment, I'm going to report that to the courts. That's it. Now, whether they're a pedophile, whether they're a rapist, whether they're whatever, whether the, whatever that might be, a child uh, abuser, whatever that is, okay? Uh, it's not my job to say whether or not they go to jail or keep them out of jail or nothing or something like that. Uh, I will give them homework because I make it hard for everybody because treatment is hard and making changes is hard and I make it just as hard for them as I do for everybody. That's it. So I said, I think in order to do that, you have to be a sociopath or something. She's like, well, there's a reason I'm not a criminal lawyer. Um, but she also said, thank God for sociopaths. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's trash. I don't think. I, I couldn't be a lawyer for uh, for Christine or Michael Bennett. I think the lawyer's trash. If you know Michael Bennett sat there and made sure that this little girl uh, was uh, had to had to uh, live alone in this apartment with nobody, that's terrible. I'm thinking to myself in the '80s. Oh my God. Eight years old, 1989, 1988, 1990, living alone. 
I couldn't handle it. This little this little lady who can barely walk is living alone. I couldn't handle that. Holy shit. That's crazy. How do these people get off scot-free? Um now he did make sure that she kept he she kept her power on. I guess Christine was trying to turn off her power and turn off her air conditioning and stuff, but Michael did kept erasing the phone numbers and stuff so she couldn't call for help. Uh there's no excuse, dude. There's no excuse. Like there I'm not Yeah, and he's like, Oh, everybody's looking at me at evil. Yes, you're evil, dude. You are evil. There's no way for you to justify what you did. There is no way for you to justify allowing this to happen. Not even allowing this. For that long. For that long. You can't get out of it. The son needs a step up. That's... He's just as guilty. I know he was a kid back then, but he's an adult now. He's... I don't know if he knows. So, there's a time where uh, Natalia was accused of putting Pledge in the mom's tea or coffee or something like that i think her coffee and then um so she so natalia was cleaning next to the way natalia put it she was cleaning next to the mom's tea and uh the mom came in and spilled it and that or uh dumped it in the sink not spilled it i can't talk and then she came back and then um made natalia spray it into the coffee and recorded it as if she caught her in the act that's like what um this poor little girl just getting gaslit left and right the son i forget his name robert or jacob or something like that and he said uh i gotta make sure i look uh look in my coffee cup and, or my drink and make sure no one sprayed in it you're full of crap dude tell the truth you're just as bad now you're acting like you're, you're, uh, like you know she's a liar now. You know your mom's a liar. You know your mom's trash now because he admitted that she made, she made you pee all over Natalia's stuff. All over her bed and stuff like that. Because the therapist told her to? Because that was treatment for reactive attachment disorder? Which is caused by trauma in children. Uh, which is a bunch of crap. No one told her that. Um, so the son needs to speak up. The son needs to stop looking at the father. I guess, I don't know if that's the son with autism. Uh, I think it is. But, like, that might be a part of the reason why he's kind of looking for reassurance from the dad. And the dad isn't entirely ethical himself so the the son needs to speak up and i want to go back to the lawyers or sociopath i'm not saying all lawyers are sociopaths i think you got to be a sociopath to defend someone like christine and michael and have a clear conscience next i don't believe for a second that Natalia was strong enough to pull Christine towards an electric fence. So there's a part in there where they're at this place where you can milk a cow in Indianapolis. 
and they said Natalia tried pulling Christine towards an electric fence, and all the witnesses called bullcrap on it and said Christine was the one overreacting because they were trying to cause a scene, and they had Natalia put in a hospital because of it. I don't know how that all works, but they acted like Natalia has arms and strength of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dude, this lying stuff is just terrible. Like, you've lied. These people have lied so much, I hate them. When you're looking at these people lying that much, everything that comes out of Michael's mouth is a lie. And I don't understand how you can desensitize yourself so much to lying. Because you got to remember all these lies. And that's the thing here. Here's, here's a lesson. Here's your lesson for today. Because all his lies kept, kept coming back to bite him in the ass. Because he would lie and say he didn't know something. Like he didn't know that she was getting pepper sprayed. But then he was caught on video before saying, oh yeah, I knew all about that. Natalia forgave him to his face. But I think he was just so pathetic, Natalia didn't know what to do. I think Natalia felt obligated to forgive him because she needed to let it go. And she does. She does need to let it go because it's going to poison her. But the courts do not need to let it go. This needs to be a federal case. There is no way these people need to be acquitted. There is no way the Indiana government should be off the hook for this. As I'm sitting here talking and calling the court system trash, the, gov the uh, government trash, the people in the apartment trash, Christine and Michael and their son trash, um, Susan Witten trash, the doctor trash, the uh, attorney's trash. I keep thinking, like, am I a bad person for judging all these people? Because I'm a flawed individual. Like, I've done so much bad stuff in my life. I have. I have made some bad decisions. I've sat in jail. But here's the thing. Here's the difference between me and these people. I own my shit. When I do something wrong... I own it. I don't sit there and justify my wrongdoings. I don't justify neglecting and abusing a eight-year-old dwarf with disabilities. I don't justify supporting the abuse of an eight-year-old child with dwarfism with disabilities. If, if saying she's a dwarf is uh, non-PC, I apologize. I'm a social worker, I should know that. I'm a horrible, I'm horrible at that stuff. So excuse me. But I, you gotta admit when you're wrong. You have to. You gotta have humility. You yeah. have to take a step back and say, I fucked up. And the people surrounding them need to hold them accountable. The people around need to turn around and say you're you're wrong the other judges the other social workers the other 
neighbors. Natalia sat with one of the neighbors, the nosy neighbor, I guess, in the neighborhood, and said, why didn't you say anything? She said, I was scared of Christine. Fuck that. Excuse my language, but fuck that. You're scared of Christine? Fuck her. I don't give a shit. If I see someone being abused, I ain't gonna think for a second. Fear? That's how you're gonna live your life? Afraid? You're gonna allow somebody, a little, this little girl, you're gonna allow this little girl to be abused and ostracized and neglected because you're afraid. You poor baby. These people and their self-pity. Somebody said the saying, put yourself in their shoes. Dude, I've been afraid. I felt the whiz of bullets flying past my ear. I know what fear is. I've been in combat. I know what fear is. And I'm not even saying I'm a good soldier. I've, I know what fear is. I've almost died. Don't tell me what fear is. I've faced fear. You don't freeze during fear. You react. That's when you become a hero, not a coward. How do you sit there in this apartment and watch this poor girl who can't take care of herself and say, I want to get her kicked out because she's lonely and make up stories about her being sexual? Just make up these stories. You're full of crap. I'm just very disturbed by the human race right now. Just looking at these people. This is not taking care of each other, people. We need to be taking care of each other. I feel like I do my best to take care of other people. And I'm a guy that's been used and abused my whole life. And I've acted out. I've acted out big time, but I think it's because <laughs> I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the trauma that she's been in. Not anywhere near. But being used and abused, I can understand some of her behavior problems she's had. She's had behavior problems, but duh. She um, she was backstabbed her whole life. She was unwanted her whole life. Her biological mother wants to connect with her, but she feels backstabbed by her biological mother. She feels backstabbed by everybody. She doesn't want to connect with her biological mother. Her biological mother gave up on her. Her mom wants to meet her, wants to have a connection with her, but she doesn't want it. Maybe one day. I think one day she will. Maybe. But I can understand that. And then uh, there was a... At the end of the show, there was a... Kind of a cliffhanger. From Antoine, who was the adopted... Uh, the new guardian father. Who I thought was kind of a badass, but... Man, these people getting... Like... I believe in spirituality, but like, tone it down, bro. Tone it down. Tone it down. But something about Natalia backstabbing him or something like that, so I wonder what that's all about. Apparently there's more drama. There's going to be a season three, it looks like. So they're definitely milking this for all the money it's worth. And why not? I say get Natalia paid, get her some money. Uh, stop paying Michael. Give him the electric chair for all I care. Um, uh, I, I, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't like the guy. Uh, I don't know, I don't, can I lose my license for this? I don't know. 
someone's going to be like, uh, he's slandering social workers and calling people trash. I wasn't watching this for the entertainment value. I was just really interested in what happened because I really thought that she was an adult from the news stories from years before. And now I feel guilty for not knowing the whole story. And I call myself out on not knowing the whole story and judging before I know the whole story. One final note, this girl's lived a life of trauma. I've seen it in her face. She just wants to be heard. No one's ever believed her. No one's ever listened to her. And that's a terrible feeling when you're not listened to, when no one believes you. That's a, just a terrible feeling. And if Natalia or anybody that knows Natalia ever hears this or sees this, I am a therapist in Indiana. I will give Natalia pro, uh, pro bono services. So uh, connect with me on, uh, you can find my link tree and all this stuff in the Spotify link or whatever. Uh, you can look me up, Richard Rogers, LCSW. I'm like the only social worker in Richard Rogers in Indiana, I believe. Find my Psychology Day profile. You can find my website, Warriors Respite Therapy. Uh, I work with Carmel Therapy. Um, I work in Grow Therapy. And anybody else in Indiana, Illinois, or Arizona. But anyways, for everybody else, you can find my podcast weekly on Mondays, Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please follow me. Uh, read my blog, too. It's on warriorsrespittherapy.com. I have some good stuff on there. I'm going to start trying to write blogs weekly. Also, check out my other podcast that I do with some friends. It's called Spit Take Podcast. A little more colorful. A um, lot more cussing and joking around about pop culture. But it's fun. A lot more adult-oriented. And uh, thanks for watching. Stay mangled and strangled in peace. Peace out. Thank you.